You're listening to the Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome to Blank Scenario. I am your host, Marie, a.k.a. Um, recovering from a cold. And Casey. I am Casey, a.k.a. Grumpy Elf, who is recovering from a singing night slash teaching. And I am Sir Isaac, Sir Sasquatch. <laughs> and in case you couldn't tell, we are doing our first all people virtual recording sessions. So we apologize for any weirdness on that end. I like how we wait till COVID is over to start recording digitally. It just, you know, <laughs> we're, we're rebels if there ever were any. Uh, Casey, I believe you have the prompt. I do. So I have never read this book. But apparently there is a Goosebumps book out there where there is a child that finds a pit in the forest. He falls into that pit and I think a dog falls into that pit with him and they climb out of the pit, but he has exchanged bodies with the dog. And the majority of the book is him trying to change his body back to the normal one and exchange it back with the dog. And I think the way that it was supposed to end a spoiler alert for like a 20 year old book, I believe the way that it was supposed to end is he climbed back in with the dog and climbed out, but then fell back in again. And there was nothing for him to change with, I believe. Um, But it brought up this really cool idea in my mind of what if there was a pit like this that either the players or another character like an NPC has fallen into and exchanged bodies with this bizarre creature, maybe one of the ones that doesn't get seen all that often in D&D. And now we have to contend with that. So that was my prompt. switches bodies with a terrasque. See, that's the immediate go-to, but I I want to do something that's like an offbeat creature. I mean, there's quite a few humanoid ones you could even oh, pull. Man. A hag. Yeah, hag was my first thought too. Okay, that was not oh, me no. this time. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. That's what I was about to say. I think my first question is, is, is this creature already in the pit, waiting for something else to fall in, air quotes, with it? Or is it knocked down during a fight? I mean, either one is possible. You could also take the approach of the pit is a creature itself rather than just a magical entity. There was one book in uh, The Legend of Drizzt, Forgotten Realms, where while he's going through this part of the under underdark that he had never been to before, he befriends a bugbear. But the whole reason that he gets away with befriending a bugbear is because it was a halfling gnome, I forget which, but it had been changed by a wizard into a bugbear. And slowly, the bugbear started to... It it was kind of like a Hulk situation where you have two personalities in one body. And the bugbear was starting to overcome the gnome. And it was just a slow, ongoing process that they had to wrestle with until another spoiler alert for a book that's 20 years old. He died. And, uh, you know, it was kind of <laughs> like, well, he went, he went crazy anyway. We're all good. But uh, that's that's one thing you could do. I would play with something that would be maybe awkward, but not out of the realm of possibility. Bugbear's one. Maybe a zombie would be another one. Um, have, a, have a humane zombie. <laughs> um I was thinking maybe a red cap. That'd be that'd be along the same beaten path. You've got the snake creatures you could do. I forget what they're called. Um, Yonti. 
the first point to lock in probably needs to be, is it changing your player into something else or is it swapping bodies? Because that is two different things. The original prompt went with swapping bodies. Personally, I would prefer that because then in terms of a one shot, you've given them a very deliberate and very straightforward goal that they can immediately say, all right, I need to find the body that looks like this and get that back. Whereas if, if it's not a Freaky Friday situation, then it basically could be a campaign. I mean, what Isaac's describing would basically be a campaign at that point. You're going on a journey to, to trade their body back to what it was rather than I'm going to trade bodies with that thing. Emily apparently had a thought. She just died laughing. Oh, I did. Mostly because my first thought of sentient but's weird, I was like, what about Kuatoa? Because Kuatoas, they're kind of cultish and they're extremists. What if a human accidentally swapped bodies with a Kuatoa and next thing you know, they're engulfed in the other's religion and they're like, oops, we're in the wrong body. We got to get back. But also trying to prove that they're not that extremist for that cult. They're an extremist for a different cult. So I just think it'd be hilarious if a paladin suddenly is in a Kuatoa's body and you're going to sacrifice a child. I want to take that and run with that in two potentially different ways that you could go. You could run with a Kuatoa, but also in the Underdark, they do also have the Myconids that are the mushroom people. Do we want to set this in the Underdark then? I think that would be, that would work really well. Yeah, that's something we haven't done yet. You fall into a tunnel and then the phone player falls into an extra tunnel and they climb back up, but they don't act normal. Oh, that that's... That's a good setup if you have a player that's not going to make it that night. That's a perfect setup because then no one's going to question why that player has been so quiet this whole time. Currently not present. That's genius. (laughs) We officially have our prompt for when your party is missing a player due to emergencies. It's a DM player scenario. So you have one player that will fall in and then they are now the monster's body, which means you give them the monster stats. And say you are now this minus any language is known. Oh man, that's another thing to add to that. If they don't even understand the language, I mean, how many non-native speakers do we have that just smile and wave whenever someone talks to them because they assume that's what they're supposed to do? Which also means as soon as a party knows that there's something wrong with that player, they have to hold that player down or knock them out to get them back to that pit. And then figure out where their friend went. Just toss them in the... It'll be fine. It's called a pit of despair for a reason. Rodents of unusual size. <laughs> I don't think they exist. Because <laughs> especially if it's like a my conid, they can't just climb out of the pit. So they might be wandering tunnels. So you don't have to go find your friend, keep this fake friend from running off, and then throw them in into the pit at the same time. <laughs> Someone's going to form an emotional attachment to the new character. <laughs> They're going to be like, no, I don't want to lose him. No, can, can we just throw like something else in there and they just get a new character sheet with the same personality, you know? Sounds like rogue to like, me. But they're so much nicer when they're not yeah. talking. Oh, man. If the bard was the one who <laughs> fell in the pit. Oh, yes, oh that's a great campaign idea. <laughs> No. Yes, it Get is. Get rid of the bard from the, from the, the most, get-go. Yeah. <laughs> but that leads me into another story prompt, which I will share later. It's mostly as a joke. <laughs> I do wonder, does there need to be a time limit on this? Otherwise, your players are just wandering the Underdark for 
however long it takes. Three days. Otherwise, it's stuck with them forever because three days is kind of a golden rule by which you can limit your characters. It's like, okay, uh, somebody roll Arcana, and based on the fact it's wild magic, you can guesstimate in three days it'll take to set on and be permanent. Till then, figure it out. Or I would roll wild magic, one to a hundred, figure out uh, the answer from there. Figure out the side effect of going over three days. On the plus side, if we can't figure this story prompt out, we always can work on it with a blink mechanic. (laughs) One nice thing, if we're deciding to say it's only three days, if you're in the Underdark, you don't know what days are. Mm -hmm. So essentially, as a DM, you get to decide how long and how uh, far they have to go from the get-go. That gives you a lot of freedom to toy with time. I do think if there is a time limit, rather than saying... Once you hit that timeline, you can't switch because then you are stuck with a new character, essentially. If you said, like Emily said, where we're on the wild magic table and there's just a side effect, Fifth Ed doesn't have this a whole lot, but you can do where you have like actual intelligence loss. <laughs> so because your mind is kind of messed up, you actually lose like 1d4 points of intelligence temporarily. Just so there's some penalty for it, that might carry over into the next Um, campaign arc or one shot but it's not detrimental especially for players not there (laughs) because it's kind of mean to them well i mean for me if i'm if i'm a dm of this i let the player know in advance that this is a possibility and ask them if they're okay with this and move from there you know it may even be that you let your player decide what creature they're going to get turned into like here's a list of you know five or or ten possible creatures, or have them put together a list of creatures that you would find in the Underdark that they like, and then you just roll a dice. Any number of them could have fallen into this pit and just been waiting on the players to come by. And as soon as that decision has been made, then the players who don't know you've made this agreement with the, the absent one are now thinking, maybe we can get around this. <laughs> I was going to say, you could just have another race down there, and it's back to it just being a completely new character. And it at, at the end, they can decide if they want to keep the body or if they want to keep going. That'd be a nice option to have towards the end, maybe as a maybe as a hook, at least for that character in and of themselves. But one thing I'm having trouble with is finding a way to... What what is the goal? Are they? I mean, I know the goal is to have a way to switch bodies, but is the goal to track down where his old body is, or is the goal to just find a way to reverse the magic? Do you guys know which one we're going for? In the original story, it was as a dog, I have to get this human body back to the pit. So that was my original idea going into this: was they got to get it back to the pit to trade back. So then. Depending upon the creature they turn into, that would be the difficulty of if it's something that doesn't speak, they have to convince the party that they are actually the friend. If it does speak, they need to somehow convince its people and the party to not kill it. (laughs) So it's really just how soon does your party realize what's happened? How quickly does your party get everything solved? And do they do it in time? Isaac had an idea. Better he just saw a note from last week. Yeah, I did. Oh, I'm going to save it for the end because it would derail everything we've just made. So I'm going to wait. I'll make that part of my uh, last 20 <laughs> minutes. Okay. So you're traveling to the next town. 
you fall through a fissure in the earth and you're in the inner dark mm -hmm. and your other friend failed their dexterity saving throw and fell further down as you climb out your friend is really really quiet <laughs> i i don't know if i would say you fall in a fissure in the earth because the, the um actually <laughs> the underdark is so far down underground that it's supposed to be another dimension so if you've mm -hmm. got them falling through a fissure they got bigger problems like that's a entire session getting out what i'm thinking is typically you would have either your players are already in the underdark or they're given a mission to head to the underdark and they would come across this on the way down you have to go and find this mushroom that grows in the underdark and when your players falls into a pit oh they've got to find the mushroom and you're your player friend turns into the mushroom they've got to find. Oh my goodness. Soylent Green is people. I'm over here. <laughs> which which one? I actually, okay. I'm... I, I totally have a new prompt now. <laughs> Just turned to Toad. Hello. <laughs> I'm over here, guys. No, the other shroom. Use your eyeballs, Just make it fool. essentially just saying, um... I'm just picturing a, a mushroom. Like, so one of the first games Marie and I ever played was Out of the Abyss. And in Out of the Abyss, you're trying to escape from the Underdark as the princes of the apocalypse are coming out. And one of the characters you meet in that is a Myconid that's meant to be a Myconid child. <laughs> so his name is Stool, and he's all of about two feet tall. And so I'm just picturing as you're describing this bard stool wandering away through the underdark and just hearing sounds of poofs of air uh -huh. that are semi-musical that's all you can do it's marvelous for getting your players to the underdark the easiest way would just be a fetch quest of some kind which would make it the more difficult thing of you also have to find this item for someone and pick a npc that they like and say they need some mineral or mushroom or whatever and there's an entrance here and go find it so it's a simple fetch quest that got way more complicated because mm. one of your players all of a sudden doesn't do magic anymore which would be really bad if it was your party cleric. I feel like we've made it to a stall point but I have an idea already I think of what I'm going for or at least the kernel of one. This is probably our most direct idea we've had. Okay but what do we have already? Our who is party member our what could also be our where or what happens uh, swapping bodies where is the underdark underdark yeah mm -hmm. so now we just gotta go from there and figure out okay how do we get them out i mean i got i got i, I think that's kind of the rest of it isn't it mm -hmm. yeah so do you want to do our five minute scribble break yes definitely so emily what would you do with this okay well my very first thought when you said falls through a pit and then Sasquatch over there mentioned a bard, I came up with the idea. So your party happens to be in a village and maybe they're trying to go on a quest. Maybe they've just finished a quest, but your bard probably has gotten into trouble with the local hedge witch, whether or not he tried to flirt with her and she wasn't having it, or he tried to talk her down using his charm and charisma because she was asking far too much for what they could do, she decides she's had enough with him, and so she hexes him. Meanwhile, your party ventures forth into the Underdark. So descending down, 
party's going to have to roll constitution saving throws. Everybody who fills this also doesn't happen to notice that there is a massive gaping hole off to the side where they fall through. Waking up on the bottom as Kuatoa, because I like Kuatoa. They're funny and they're radicals. Meanwhile, the party members' bodies are stuck at the bottom of a mine where the Kuatoa were mining, because I just threw that in there. It sounds good. And their bodies are now inhabited by Kuatoa brains. So this should be fun, because now your party has to reunite both body and soul with that of extremists. So this should be quite interesting to see just reunition and then how I would run it is just have them go through, throw up some traps and things. But definitely the biggest issue would be dialogue, because can you imagine waking up as something else? The next thing you see, there's an alien blob next to you who's now screaming at you and throwing sticks and rocks. But it turns out it's just your bard who's freaking out because he sees there's a blob lying next to him and he just woke up. So very, very simple, straightforward. I feel like this is not going to be as well flushed out as detailed that we typically have. But I mean, it's fun. I had fun. We're at a distance. It comes from that. <laughs> I just love the idea of waking up as like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Meanwhile, your mostly human party is waking up somewhere else. <laughs> Whatever happened to don't split the see. party? No. <laughs> Quite literally split the party. Mm-hmm. Hey, that human bard, though, all of a sudden has ni- uh, night vision. <laughs> Like, this is what turn? you see all the time. So, I was thinking about this, and then I remembered um, that episode of Gravity Falls where they fall into a pit, and the pit never really ends. Then I remembered the episode where they find the secret room, and there's the rug, and they all start switching bodies. So, I kind of combined the two in what I'm thinking. So, first off, this is a perfect opportunity to switch things up quite literally. Um, everyone is in a situation where maybe all of them fall in a pit, maybe just a few. Um, if just one, that's fine. But I would actually make them go in and have to switch character sheets. So their stats have completely changed and they could fall back in again. They could, uh, you know, then have to switch again and just keep it as a running gag if you needed to. Or, You could use this as an opportunity to actually change someone's character all the way. Kind of like we talked about before. If you wanted to have a completely different character sheet, uh, change your race, change whatever it is, just have them fall back in. And that's kind of more of a mechanic thing. But at that point, the only thing I would really make sure that happens is at the end, there is a big baddie or a big bad thing that you can destroy and stop and keep this from happening again to other people. I think that's the only thing that's really missing for me. Um, It kind of ends up just being a mechanic that I would use to to play with people, but kind of like we've already said, it's, it's a very straightforward kind of quest. This is the thing that happened. You got to fix it if you want to fix it. Um, but I would I would also make sure that at the very end there was a way to keep it from happening again if it was a problem. Um, that, that's really all I got. I would just play with the players. <laughs> I love the idea of having in the middle of a session, just tell everybody, all right, whatever you have in your hand, whatever you have at your table, stop, mm-hmm. set it down. Everyone stand up. 
move two seats to your left, sit down. So now you don't even get your drink. No, you get the same drink that the other person had. You get to mm-hmm. experience what it's like being in a brand new body. And in game and out of game, you only refer to them by the name of the person who was mm-hmm. originally in that seat. The one player that doesn't take notes. Just completely mess up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The paladin is like, I can now cast Eldritch Blast all the time. Uh, no, you get it like three times a day. What? <laughs> See, that would be the other fun side of it. If you, yeah, if you determine that, say, a good and evil player switch bodies how does that psychologically affect the good player because they're now in a body that is technically evil do they still get the same power effects that they have do they now roll at negatives i mean you could play around with that mechanic really really well i love that idea that you took also i love that you could just continually mess with them like okay we jump in the pit again okay everyone give me your character sheets i'm gonna pass you that randomly see i even thought when you said we could do this again it could very well be a long-lasting effect that they jump into it once and then just sporadically throughout the rest of the time, if it's a part of a campaign, you just say, oh, you have an effect. Like, roll a random dice. Tonight's you the could night also make this, like, a punishment that you keep doing. to you, ca- you capture the villain or you capture the corrupt prince and you just grab a hobo and you throw them both in the pit and you walk away. <laughs> That's dangerous. Now that hobo has the power to make society pay. <laughs> yeah. With a shotgun. I'm gonna sleep wherever I want. You can't tell me otherwise. Then <laughs> we return to uh, our prior okay, I recording. <laughs> I was just gonna quote Old Man McGuckin, but I've already derailed it enough. Well, Casey, I think you. Oh no, I'm next, aren't I? What were you gonna say, Isaac? <laughs> uh, I'm next, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I went with the most straightforward approach. So take any merchant NPC your party knows because they'll probably have like five by this point. Um, and they need your place to collect a rare gem from the Underdark. Conveniently, in this town, there is an entrance to the Underdark. Da-da-da. The key fact here is one of your players is missing from the session that night. For whatever reason, check with them in advance if you can. Otherwise, go with the least punishment note. So, on your way down, your players will make dexterity checks. And this is at federal, and the player missing is going to fail. They are basically knocked into a pit, and when they climb out, they're acting off. So every encounter you have to try to get this gem, that player is not helpful, which your party might attribute to the DM having to run this player, which is very possible. But in fact, this person's not been swapped with the monster of that missing player's choice. And they are stuck at the bottom of the pit until they manage to climb out or they're knocked back in. So your party can go through the entire fetch quest, fetch quest, get the gem, get out, hand it back to the merchant, and never discover this. If three days pass, the bodies are permanently swapped and your party member will come back as a monster. Now, if they think something is up, they can have that missing player be taken to the town cleric. That cleric will tell them the legend of the Pit of Despair, or whatever name you decide to call it. And they will let them know that if you're thrown in, your soul is lost to the Underdark, and something else comes out. 
And so now they have to go back to that pit, throw that person in who does not want to be thrown back in. <laughs> no one wants to be thrown into a pit. And they have to do that before the three-day time limit. Now, if your player does not want to become a monster permanently or long-term, then just have it be where they suffer, you know, 1d4 intelligence loss temporarily or whatever, something minor. If they're okay with being a monster, they're now a monster until they switch back. And an act of a deity could do it, or they could just be a monster. Um, Going off of something Isaac said, (laughs) if you want to, this person's mental state is now unstable in their body. You could randomly have their switch with other people in the party. This is actually pulling from an episode of Eureka Springs, where one of the people goes into virtual reality and ends up being a conduit for everyone else to switch bodies. So he's switching bodies with everyone else randomly. So you can mess with your players long term if you wanted to, or just have a new monster party member. So that's what I would do. I think the hardest part would just be what monster do they fight to get the gym? That won't kill them without that party member. <laughs> Anything. <clears throat> just gotta get creative. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just can't get out of my mind the image of like some hobgoblin or giant or something that crawls out of the pit and it's like, oh yeah, hey guys, I can I can cast vicious mockery <laughs> and they want to wear a vest, they have a loot, and it's Like a bunch of personalities in one body, it'd be really interesting to both play and have to deal with in a campaign setting. I want to try it, actually, but that's another day. (laughs) Next one shot. Mm -hmm. And Casey. All right. Um, There's there's still some uncertainties in this. I'd have to actually lay down some some plans to make it work. I'm going to preface this for you DMs out there. This can work if you want to use it with an actual player or if you want to do this just as a side NPC that the players are friends with. Either one could work. It really just depends upon what you want to do. But I'm going to do the most dangerous thing and offer a choice. So here's your setup. There is a nearby dwarven city that has been struggling for years with invasion from bizarre creatures that they can only determine is from the Underdark. After years of fighting and attempting to quell the infestation, the tunnel has gone silent. Your party has been brought in to be a part of a group that is going to be heading in to explore this cavern and see what it is that's going on in there and see if, in fact, they have killed off everything or if the thing has been abandoned or whether they are preparing for an even larger invasion. Your party goes in. And after traveling for what feels like days, you come across an abandoned stronghold. You as the DM know this stronghold to be that of an Illithid city that has been moved to protect the city from potential problems that are upcoming. However, while the Illithid were here, the Illithid happened to have dealings with members of this dwarven city. Experimentations that Illithid do, as the Illithid are wont to do, have been used in trade within the city to provide magical boons from funguses that are given to members of the underworld, so to speak, within this dwarven city. 
Before your team heads down the tunnel, they are approached by a man who only refers to himself as the name Slug. He offers them extra gold if they can manage to retrieve the fungus from this stronghold and return it to him, as he believes that he can recreate the effects outside of the Underdark. Your players are open to take this option or not. Either way, they're sent down into the Underdark. Within this Illithid stronghold, as they are exploring and looking through, they will happen to either find the room with the fungus or come across a room with a bizarre machine inside. One of the players will recognize that there is a fungus up top. Whether or not they have taken the deal, they will attempt to go for it, and they will end up stuck inside of the machine. The machine lights up, things move, and the player exits. Or at least that's what the party believes. What has actually occurred is that the body of the human and the body of the Myconid have become swapped. So now the mindset of your player is now stuck inside of a Myconid. The Myconid will be released and will begin to wander about the stronghold and go its own way. Now here's where the choice comes in. If the players decide to just leave it alone and let it wander and continue to explore and leave, at that point, is whenever they will discover a set of instructions on how this machine works that they can interpret to discover what has actually happened. They will then have to track down their Myconid friend, at which point they will find the colony of Myconids that have placed him in a leadership role because he is the long-lost leader of this Myconid colony who's been missing for decades. And he will be absorbed into the main stalk soon. You must then save your player from this issue so that you can return him to his normal body. However, if your players decide to sell off the Myconid to Slug, they will then at that point in their own way, and this is where it's a little bit open-ended still, they will then discover what has actually happened to their party member as he will continue acting strangely and bizarrely. And they will come to the realization that their true party member is about to be experimented on and perhaps consumed. They must then chase down this underworld merchant and retrieve the Myconid in order to get their party member back in operating order. The choice, as always, is up to the party. That's you my problem. You sold me. Just that poor party player comes back like, guys. I was hopping and making circles and gesturing and and what 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 in the world? And you were gonna crush and smoke me? Come on, shrooms. <laughs> he, he left us. He, he left us. I think the best part of that is imagining your bard going in and doing this <laughs> and coming out of my conid and going, "Oh, I'm in charge of my conids now. I've been recognized." And then realizing, wait. Yeah, I took a little bit of a of a uh, page out of the the book of Out of the Abyss because that is one of the things you can basically become a part of the colony, and they allow you to leave. But my thinking is, if you're already a Myconid, they're not going to let you leave. You're stuck. But I also love the idea. If you've ever watched Futurama, there's an episode where they go to a desert planet, and the entire beings of that planet are made of water, and the what is it? Fry ends up drinking a bottle of water that he thinks is just a refreshing oasis in the middle of it. And he becomes the leader because he drank the last leader. <laughs> Wait, in D&D, can you eat parts of my conid? I'm sure you could do it if you try. In D&D, 
if you eat the left side of a mycotid or the right side of the mycotid, does it change your size as far as, you know, being a giant or being a small creature? And what does that do to your dexterity rating? Depends on how high you are. Or your armor class, yeah. When your friend accidentally becomes a drug dealer. <laughs> oh, my bottoms. Oh, my top greedies. Do you ever So many ways I could go wrong. See, my favorite part of this is I left it open as to what magical thing that it can do. So it's really up to the players or up, uh, rather up to the DM as to what this magical fungus can actually do if ingested or smoked or whatever you want to do with it. But, you know, that leaves just enough of a cringe factor to it of what could actually happen to their party member, because, you know, for sure he's going to get experimented on if you leave him for too long and just turning him over to slug on his own is too long. I think that has been for very different blank scenarios. Um, ironically, not all of them deal with mushrooms. So there we go. <laughs> oh. On that note, then, uh, thank you for joining us for our first virtual recording. Yay. More to follow. Um, if you want to see the video version, go to our Patreon or whatever. I don't know. We'll do something and with not it. not see my face. <laughs> and we will see y'all next time then. Goodbye. Hello, this is Grumpy Elf. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. But before you dry your eyes of that sorrow, please drop by iTunes and give us a sweet five-star review. That helps boost your favorite crazy cryptids up in the charts and gets us noticed, which makes you popular for knowing us first. If you want more content, you can find us at potatocandynetwork.com. There we have links to our Facebook and Twitter, where we post on occasion merely for your chuckles. Finally, if you support us on Patreon, for around a dollar, you can help keep us from becoming homeless and keep that sweet potato candy content rolling your way. Hello! Bob Spuds here on the scene once again, reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. <laughs>